Gary, I'm excited to sit and spend some time talking about um, the exciting news of partnership that we have with Grace City downtown yep. and kind of what that means for our church. So um, we'd love to hear just a little bit of like the vision for partnership at Park and how we got to this point. Yeah, uh, I know it's big news, so we're excited about it, uh, but I'm sure it raises a lot of questions for different people. And so, uh, I mean, for years, we've been praying as an elder team. I mentioned this in the announcement video, um, but as an elder team thinking about what does it mean to continue to see the gospel move forward. So we have the mission of what do we do, right? We make disciples, and I've said that like 30 times in the past you know, couple of days. We make disciples of Jesus for the glory of God and the joy of all people. It's the Great Commission. It's the mission of God's people. Um, not just like a churchy-oriented thing, but we're talking about multiplying human beings who are being reconciled to God, who are being transformed by His love to be who God designed humanity to be. And God's vision for the world is that his glory would flood the earth like the waters cover the sea. And the way he does that is through the multiplication of disciples, through the preaching of the gospel, as we tell people about the love of God, but also help people follow him. And so when we think about multiplication, we're thinking, all right, individuals multiply, families multiply, gospel communities multiply. But how will we think about multiplication as a church? Mm. So there are different ways to do this, different ways throughout history people have done it. And I think... Uh, you know, it's not like a right or wrong. I'm sure there are unhealthy ways to do it, uh, but most of the methods have strengths and weaknesses. And so for us, the idea of planting new churches is a part of God's design. This is what's happened throughout history, and we think it's a really beautiful way, maybe the primary way even, that uh, you see the kingdom of God move forward and disciples multiply. Uh, but also, mission-oriented partnerships are also a way that the church has done that from the New Testament days and the partnership and shared resources and the different kind of networks. And so when you think about even denominations that exist today and the history of those denominations, it's all thinking about partnership. Mm. And so for us, having partnerships with other local churches is healthy. Uh, but in a city like Denver, where it's a post-Christian city, even evangelistically with neighbors and friends that are hearing about Jesus, kind of the relationships that need to be formed, trust that needs to be built takes a little bit longer. And so as you're thinking about multiplication, new church plants, often it's just harder to establish kind of healthy, viable church plants in a city like Denver. It doesn't mean it's impossible, and we're committed to continuing to pursue that. But partnerships are a way to establish str like stronger local churches. Cool. And so uh, we've kind of had this vision for one church and multiple congregations where we can share resources, where we can provide organizational strength, development, care, and where we can have multiple congregations scattered around the city of Denver. And so our vision has been to be one church with multiple congregations where we can make and multiply diverse communities of disciples through the power of the Spirit all around the Denver metro area. And that's something we've been working on for a long time. And that'll happen through church planting, planting new congregations, yep. and through partnerships like this one. Got it. That's, I mean, exciting to hear that this has kind of been a long-term vision yeah. of park and something that the elders have been praying for for a long time kind of how did this specific opportunity come about with gray city and matt hand and kind of the team down there yeah um matt and i developed a friendship a few years ago so uh gray city planted about 15 years ago okay and uh they were in central park uh and which is the new name for the neighborhood on the east side of denver and so uh they're in central park and had a passion to bring the heart of jesus to the heart of downtown mm -hmm. so their vision has been to make and multiply disciples just like ours um, so a few years ago they made a really bold uh and sacrificial decision it was a big decision for their church really cool to hear the story of how their church came to this yeah. uh, decision to move downtown uh, but when they did, Matt was building friendships with the other churches, 
uh, in the area and they had a really strong value of partnership from the beginning. Yeah. And so I met Matt sometime then, it was a few years ago, and then they uh, began to come into the X29 network and um, I was a part of their assessment process okay. and so got to know Matt and got to meet their elder team through that process and hear their vision. I was just com immediately compelled by what they were doing downtown. Uh, they had uh, kind of really creative way to get this renovated space downtown in a way that's not typically financially accessible for mm. new churches. Um, a really sweet vision for how they could partner with organizations and businesses. And uh, and it's just cool to, to hear that. And then they were a part of this church planning network, so we developed friendship then. Uh, they're all also a part of Redeemer City to City, uh, which is the church planning network coming out of Redeemer, New York. And so we're also a part of that church planning network. That's where our partnership with the church plant in Mexico City comes from. Mm. And so we just had all these overlaps. We we're connected to Denver Institute of Faith and Work, the Made to Flourish Network of Pastors, and just kept overlapping. They were doing work at DU. Our campus ministry is doing work at DU. Um, and every time we'd kind of bump into each other, we're like, man, we're doing sweet work together. And it's just yeah. fun to hear about. And a lot of overlapping people. And so through that friendship, uh, it's, it's a really cool story. I could share a way longer story. I'm good at long stories, so I'll trim it down. Uh, just how the Lord kind of brought their value of partnership and kind of the season that they've been as a church, uh, getting established downtown, kind of where we've been as a church with our vision for the city and just in conversation with them over the past few years, coming to this realization that we both feel like the visions that God's given us overlap, the, the theology overlaps, but we really feel like we can accomplish the vision better together than we can apart. Um, they're a smaller church than, than we are. They're about 100 people or so. And so... Um, the harvest is really plentiful downtown yeah. and the laborers are few. Um, and they have awesome laborers, high character, faithful, doing sweet gospel work. Uh, but the thought of us bringing staff leaders, shepherding, pastors, members, uh, people that are just like passionate for the kingdom of God, being able to bring more laborers to the harvest downtown mm. uh, is exciting. And it also tends to catalyze the work we're already doing. Yeah. So we don't want to feel like, hey, if you really care about the kingdom, you should be going downtown. Uh, we want to really care about the kingdom in both congregations. But making sacrificial steps like this uh, when they're focused on the kingdom, I think catalyzes all of us to kind of this fresh energy and excitement yeah. about what are, we, what are we doing here? Like this is, uh, the world's got to know about yeah. the love of God. And so uh, we're excited about that partnership with them. Yeah, this is, a, I mean, a big step. This is something that's, as you talk about catalyzing and kind of bringing energy, um, I can't help but get excited about what that means for us in, in both congregations. And you, you talked about downtown a little bit. I wonder if you could kind of explain where they're located. I know there's kind of, uh, yeah. Denver's a weird ge geography, the mixed grid. So like what yeah. is kind of the downtown mean for Gray City in this location? Yeah, I mean, I, probably a lot of people think of uh, this is downtown here at 37th and Federal. Uh, and we are obviously in a kind of a neighborhood, right? You know, nestled up next to downtown. They're right at the corner of Broadway and Park Avenue. Okay. Uh, immediately across the street from Denver Rescue Mission and a number of other uh, kind of mission works uh, downtown. And so they're at a really, um, a really strategic place in terms of very different demographics that are kind of converging at this one point. And that was a part of their vision for that location. You have kind of uh, the kind of financial district of downtown right there, the sort of hospitals that are downtown are right nestled up against uh, that area. You have Five Points neighborhoods coming there. Rhino kind of hits its kind of southmost point right mm -hmm. there. Um, so you have kind of arts di uh, district, housing districts, new apartment high rises coming up, business, entrepreneurial stuff. It's right next to Capitol Hill. Um, and so it's a really strategic place where I think about it kind of like the Areopagus, you know, when you think about Acts 17, where it's just this like convergence of all these mm. different 
kind of communities. And so to see the gospel come there, and their heart was to reach all of these different communities uh, in a really uh, in a really compelling way. And so that's been a huge piece of our vision as well, is yeah. to reach the diverse communities in Denver, not just one particular kind of like strand of Denver, but to be a church that's continually pressing into uh, the sort of horizontal reconciling power, power of the gospel. Mm. And, uh, and so that location, I think, is a really sweet opportunity to reach people in all these different communities. We, we don't think by any stretch of the imagination, we're like, hey, we've arrived downtown and now like everything's gonna be awesome. Uh, There's so many sweet ministries and churches yeah. that have been doing faithful work downtown. So especially for us, we get to come in as learners because Grace City has been learning down there for a few years, develop relationships and friendships and partnerships with different organizations. So we just get to come join them in that process of learning and a posture hopefully of humility and, and serving mm-hmm. uh, and hoping that that lays the foundation for people to see God's glory reflected in his people. Yeah. Uh, and to be attracted to that so that when they hear the good news that they too can be reconciled to God and transformed by the Spirit, uh, that'll be something that's compelling. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're excited about the location in particular because it's I think it's very strategic for the kingdom. But it's also there are a lot of people. You just walk around and you feel you feel the palpable sense of the brokenness mm. uh, of different parts of that area. And so I think just even at a compassion level, there's just something that just draws you in totally uh, to be there. Yeah. That's cool. And I think as we talk about sort of this like second location in Denver, it's not necessarily super geographically distant from where we are yeah. here at 37th and Federal and kind of what is the heart behind going as in some people's minds pretty close to where we are currently and kind of uh, yeah. in a similar space, even in the same, almost the same zip code in, in Denver proper. Yeah. I mean, when there's no traffic, it's not that far away, right? <laughs> yeah. We're talking maybe 10 to 12 minute drive uh, straight down Park Avenue. Um, and so, uh, it's not what we originally imagined. You yeah. know, when we kind of thought about one church and multiple congregations around the Denver metro area, uh, we have a lot of people in our church family that are coming from South Denver, from Arvada, from North Denver, um, kind of especially those areas, not as much on the east. Uh, Gray City has a lot of people that are coming from the east side of Denver, mm. and a lot of their small groups and, and people are coming from that area as well. Um, but the location specifically, it's not as geographically distant as we would have imagined, but it's more mm. democra- demographically distinct. Mm. And so um, as a church that's wanting to reach distinct demographics, yeah, uh, we see a really sweet kind of like um, opportunity for us to lean into that, uh, even though it's not as, again, geographically far away. Yeah. Uh, the neighborhoods are very different uh, than the Highlands or the north side of Denver where we're at right now. And so... Uh, when we were processing that question, totally, uh, it was like it felt compelling to mm. us. Like this is, it's compelling to think about being in a neighborhood with a very different makeup. And because with the model, we can have even the model of two congregations. The congregation downtown can have a different feel and a different kind of um, flavor to it. Even if we share this sort of like broader liturgy or philosophy of things, uh, yeah, we can we can think about it differently. About what does it look like for this congregation to reach these neighborhoods? Yeah, uh, and I think that'll be exciting. Yeah, and you talk about kind of this like, you know, contextual flavor of what downtown might be like and sort of the distinction there. What are, I mean, what's the vision for worship services and and what that might mean here in this church? And obviously COVID, I know we're six feet apart and want to kind of like maintain some of those things. I think we Yeah, so I, that's a big question because the sort of multi-congregation, multi-campus, multi-site, you know, what are, what are we talking about? Um, so we're not imagining video venue. You know, in the past yeah. I would make something about we'll never be video venue, and like we are currently a now. video yeah. venue <laughs> church. Uh, for those joining us online, uh, so you know, there's something 
uh, about that that's it's not evil. In this season, we feel like, hey, we this is what we have to do because of COVID totally. uh, to serve people. Uh, but our, our vision for this is not to be a, a video, not whoever's preaching here is, is on a screen downtown. It's yeah. localized preaching, localized shepherding care, um, shared ministries, right? Like, so we're thinking for park teens will be, you know, sharing ministries. When we yeah. think about family ministries and the stuff we're going to be resourcing for kids, there'll be a shared sense of the resources we're providing. Mm. When we think about a preaching series, we'll be going through the same preaching series. When we're thinking about seminars we want to do and uh, kind of equipping things we want to do, maybe a men's conference or a women's conference or something like that, or a class available to both congregations. And that means smaller congregations that wouldn't have the kind of pastoral resources mm. to provide that sort of equipping uh, thing, that sort of equipping environment uh, or ministry, uh, we can provide that to multiple congregations. And so that's what we're talking about, sharing these sort of ministries, sharing as one church this mission, uh, but allowing the shepherding and the care and the worship to be distinct. Our vision is to have a similar liturgical feel. Yeah. Uh, it's just we value that philosophically. That's not for us thinking like what's contextually appropriate for we value the fact, fact that our liturgies or our rhythms form our affections. And so we structure mm -hmm. our services in a way around the narrative of the gospel to, to steer us through our practices and our ritual towards seeing Jesus, confessing our sin, responding to insurance, uh, the assurance of pardon, receiving his mm -hmm. word, thanking him for it, unpacking his word, responding to his word, celebrating communion, being sent into the city. This is like... We just love yeah. it. We just, yeah. <laughs> you gotta that's, do that. We're, we're committed to that because yeah. we're convinced philosophically that it's a part of how human beings are formed. Mm. But the liturgy of a in a downtown congregation could look and feel different. The, the music style could feel a little different. The uh, preaching style could feel a little different. And so uh, our passion is to have localized preaching and teaching in both congregations. Our, our vision is to offset that a week, and so okay. maybe that needs some explanation. Uh, the idea is, except for on like high church Sundays, like Easter or Christmas or something like that, um, that the church uh, congregation downtown would be one week behind the okay. preaching and kind of stuff that's happening uh, here at the in the Highlands congregation on the north side. So uh, the idea there is. Uh, we can still share some preaching resources, mm. and and part of that, and I can unpack that a little bit more, is, is so that uh, we can at times have people that are maybe primarily going to be preaching downtown that can also be preaching, still have a preaching voice uh, in this congregation, or people that will be primarily preaching in this congregation can also occasionally kind of repeat that okay. sermon the next week yeah. downtown without it kind of doubling up the Everybody's sermon prep work, yeah. and that's maybe kind of a behind the curtain. The <laughs> sermon prep takes some a fair bit of time, and so. Uh, there are other churches that have done that and it's been yeah. really fruitful. In fact, Miguel came from a church in Kansas City, Redeemer Fellowship, okay. that's done that for years and they've just loved uh, what that's done for their ability to bring unity, even unity of preaching voices mm. uh, to different congregations. So. Yeah, so you talked about Miguel briefly and kind of this preaching structure um, and I know you talked more about Miguel in the video. What does like, this mean for the staff at Park and how people can kind of experience and expect staff to be present on Sundays and different things like that? Yeah, so uh, I mentioned in the video, uh, so Matt Hand, who's currently the lead pastor of Grace City, okay. will become one of the congregational pastors of the downtown congregation. And the people of Grace City will become, for as many as want to continue in it, hopefully it's all of them. I, yeah. I think they're excited about this. Uh, their leaders are all excited about this. Mm. And so... Yeah, it's really, it's really cool to see their humility and faith and excitement and passion for the kingdom is contagious and it's 
it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they're going to stay engaged. Uh, our vision is that Miguel will continue to provide, like I said, continue to provide oversight to over our gospel communities. But he'll also be one of the congregational pastors that's focusing on shepherding and preaching downtown. Yeah. Um, you know, our current plan is that he'd preach roughly like once a month downtown. Okay. I think uh, here he's preached maybe eight-ish times a year. Again, this is like behind the curtain stuff. Yeah. Um, eight-ish times a year uh, here. And the idea is he'll continue to do that. So okay. if he's preaching 12 times downtown, that's one sermon prep per week, right? He can preach uh, hopefully around eight of those. He'll preach in the Highlands okay. uh, the week before. Got it. Which will allow his preaching voice to continue to shape who we are. And, uh, and I think that's really significant. I, I love his shepherding voice in our church and the way it's been shaping us. Mm. And we don't want this congregation to miss out totally. on, on, the, on the shaping, shepherding kind of like voice that he has yeah. in this congregation. And then similarly, like maybe in a reciprocal way, uh, you know, I've you know, preached roughly 60% of the time here uh, for the past few years. I'll probably occasionally, once every couple months, uh, preach downtown. Other preachers like Neil or Chris uh, will also be preaching downtown uh, okay. periodically. Um, and so that's uh, that allows us to have some sense of unity and shared leadership. Totally. Uh, and also it helps us that those of us that feel some gifting or calling towards preaching also typically feel gifting and calling to shepherd and care for and yeah. um, and do other areas of ministry. And so it gives us some freedom to do both of that. That's awesome. Uh, that might be a little complicated. So if it's worth follow-up conversations we can have this. That's no, I appreciate the, even just the, the look behind the curtain to a degree yeah. to kind of, this is how we think about our preaching breakdown. And I think some of the beauty and the, the variety of voices, but the unity of voices uh, that are kind of going to be shaping this. And we think about one church, I think it would be hard to say, hey, only one voice here in the, this congregation and one voice in the congregation downtown. Right. And I think to have kind of that unity in voice will be important. Uh, one other aspect around kind of shepherding, um, what is the plan for elders? I know we have some staff yeah. elders, some non-staff elders. Like, what is kind of the oversight of these churches going to look like from the elder level? That's great. Um, you know, I want to maybe begin by saying I don't. We have for a long time needed uh, more elders, and we've walked through a lot of. You know, this year COVID is just uh, developing new elders takes time, so we walked through some stuff over the past few years, developing people, working on that. Um, our we are very aware that we need more elders to effectively shepherd. Mm this congregation in the first place, much less another congregation. And so uh, we're excited. We have a number of uh, people in the process right now for eldership right now. And so our plan is before the end of the spring, really by February, uh, the church will be hearing more about uh, a new kind of like group of elder candidates. Um, But our passion is to have those elder candidates formally installed as official elders uh, by the end of the spring. And so um, that's exciting for me because I think that we have an opportunity right now to really press into an area that we felt like we needed to grow in for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and our hope is that we'll have shepherding elders, a number of more shepherding elders for this congregation and yeah. shepherding elders for the downtown congregation. And so uh, elders will have specific oversight over specific congregations. Mm-hmm. And then a group of non-staff elders will still provide sort of like oversight over all of Park Church. And that's again about financial accountability, kind of uh, accountability for leadership, spiritual care for staff leadership uh, in different ways that we think are really healthy and valuable uh, as we think about how to how to continue to lead in ways that are sustainable yeah. and really protect the church from some of the pain that uh, that churches have walked through because of yeah. unhealthy structures. And I think even, I mean, talking about a partnership with another congregation downtown and then also thinking about elders, I just can't help but in what has been a hard year, God has just like been so faithful to park and to building the church here and 
I think it's a testament to, to the fact that God is using maybe a season of suffering or difficulty to kind of develop and grow his church in Denver. And, and I was yeah. see that movement kind of go forth from here. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I was talking to somebody recently, like you could think like, is this really the best time to <laughs> kind of expand or multiply yeah. or whatever, whatever you're kind of, however you're thinking about um, this new partnership. And I would just say, historically, it's the types of seasons like this where God does work. In fact, in the early church, when the church was just exploding, yeah. I mean, exploding, multiplying, it was actually through persecution and hardship from the Romans, from the Jews, to the diaspora, like people were being scattered and churches were being planted. And it wasn't always like, hey, we've got this, you know, 10-year plan that yeah, we're kind of working through step by step. step. <laughs> yeah, it just, it wasn't like that, right? Just God was working even in the chaos. Yeah. Uh, even in tragedy, even in grief, even in real pain or real suffering or real persecution, uh, nothing like what we're experiencing right now is way more intense yeah. uh, in the early church. But also throughout history, you just see that like uh, God is God tends to grow really beautiful fruit in really dark dark yeah. spaces, and uh, we see that. I think it's exciting as a as an elder team. We feel really united and yeah. excited about this. Our whole staff team has a incredible degree of unity and joy and kind of a sense of like God's calling us into this and what a wild thing. And so, um, yeah, I think we're encouraged to see God doing what he does, uh, yeah. which is building the church and, and multiplying disciples and uh, bringing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And so uh, it's exciting in that sense as well. Yeah, and I think, I mean, to jump a little bit, but we announced this, like, I think the question on everybody's mind is like, what's next? What does this mean? How do I get involved? So like, what is kind of the timeline for, uh, yeah. I'm sure it's not like, you know, immediately we're one church and two congregations, but kind of where do we go from here? Yeah, so uh, we we plan to kind of create a number of different contexts. I, I mentioned this uh, in the announcement video, but a number of contexts to process together, to pray together. Um, and so uh, over the next few weeks, we'll be, creating more space for that. Also just a survey that we're going to be sending out to get yep. just a pulse from people, feedback to see who might be interested in, in joining downtown. Mm. You know, we're, we're thinking right now if a hundred to 200 people will be interested in worshiping downtown and being a part of the downtown congregation, um, that it would be really exciting to see that kind of totally. uh, just like burst of growth and just people to be worshiping together, building community together and living on mission uh, downtown together. Um, so we're going to be trying to just see who's interested in that creating yep. Uh, evenings and, and context to pray together, to share more vision, to get to know the people of Grace City. Um, the people of Grace City are, as they're kind of walking through this also, they have like a formal vote uh, that'll come up soon. Uh, they're again excited about it as a leadership team, but they kind of have to walk through a formal process okay. to vote to merge into Park Church. Um, so that's coming up, but we'll continue throughout as we're kind of working through that over the next month or so. Yeah. Uh, we'll continue to build friendship, and times just to pray together, to seek God together, and to pray that he would do something. Again, I keep, keep thinking of that prayer at the end of Ephesians 4, that he would do more than we could ever ask or imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, that's been our prayer, and we're excited to see what he'll do. Well, thanks for sitting down, and I think we can just leave it with that prayer that God would do more than we can ask or imagine in a pretty unique and powerful partnership with Grace City downtown. I love it. Yeah, it would be exciting. <laughs>